0: I'm going to get fucked up and party. But then you'll hit record and you're
1: out the door anyway. Our whole relationship is a CD skipping away. Crush on Ray.
2: show this week. Really big show. Really big. Really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, You're we do me... have like iTunes 11 to talk about too.
1: Oh, that's true. Huge. It's... I felt unprepared for a second there.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I'm a little mucusy today. Uh, high, on that... the, high on the mucus output.
2: Oh, uh, it's that time of year. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to my world.
1: Mm. <laughs> What are we on? Twenty eight? Twenty eight,
0: yeah. Yeah. Huge. I know, that's that's kinda crazy. <laughs>
2: yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna break thirty before the end of the year.
0: Wow. Momentous. We've been yammering about a lot of stuff. Mm hmm.
2: And yeah, this week, uh, I don't if if you guys are still are up for it, we do we have a big thing to yammer about. That article? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sure.
2: Yeah. But first we've got some other things to talk about. I mean, before we got we got the, uh, the our picks, which are quite a vir- varietal bunch this week. Mm. But I don't, I don't know, Let, let's, let's do the iTunes Eleven now because that's like I don't know. We can probably I don't know.
0: Hey, I like, like it. I, <laughs> I'm torn.
2: <laughs> I'm I like it, but I it, I do wish there was uh, one or two features that they would bring back. Yeah, I, I
0: I definitely like that it's a lot lighter, and it doesn't take like forever to to start up or anything, or to do do as much. Because like iTunes 10, and well, actually most of the iTunes were pretty pretty bloated. Yeah, and iTunes 11, they they really slimmed it down and made it, it made it a, quite a bit faster, which is nice. Like, I mean, at least, at least I had that problem anyway. I, I don't know if you guys did,
1: but... Yeah, I, it definitely felt pretty chunky Yeah, it, later.
2: Impro- it, it's, it definitely has improved performance with, like, larger libraries. Yeah. And for what it's worth, we're all talking the Mac version on here. None of us use Windows anymore, right? No. Nope. <laughs> because I know Windows users, iTunes for Windows has never been good. Yeah.
0: Uh, although, like, I actually, uh, one of my friends from work does use the Windows version of iTunes. I think it's because she's got an iPod, so she, you know, uses it to uh, sync. So I might, um, like, uh, ask her a little bit about it and, and report back next week, I suppose. Follow up. <laughs> yes. Maybe, maybe, maybe she'll actually want to get up at, you know nine o'clock on a Sunday to, to talk about it even. I I doubt that but
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe but probably not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: Um Yeah. One there's two things I really kinda miss uh, from the previous version of iTunes and the first one is just basically a thing about how I used it. Uh, I always I used the grid view, but I had these the separators for the uh, for artists. Hmm. Which, you know, You'd have like a little bar and then the uh, the album covers of the artist under that and then once that ran out you had another bar with the nat- artist name and so on. And so whenever I'm like in grid view, I just start typing in an artist name, like say I want to listen to uh, to Frank Zappa, I'll start typing Z A P P A. Yep. That's how you spell it. Yep. And so <laughs> that would jump me right down to uh to the Z, to to the Zappa and uh, because I advertise my last name. As we've as we've talked about before in the past, <laughs> yes, and now it still does that, but it's less. the The dividing line is no longer obvious because everything's just like a straight grid. I can use the uh, artist view to work to do that, but I would rather have just a list of artists on the side and then the grid of albums with the slightly openy thing than just mm. the list of albums.
0: Yeah, it, for me, it's like I, I'm kind of on a similar thing, except that I use the uh, list view normally, and they mo- made it so you can't actually see the album art in list view anymore. Which, like, yes, kind of kind of chaps me. I I I really liked that, and it's cover gone. Flow. Well, I know, I'm I love Cover Flow too. I mm-hmm. know uh, I'm talking about how. Um, in the, the list view you would have like you could you could have a column that would have the album marked in there ah but but I, I missed cover uh, cover flow a lot too that was that was what I, I I liked a lot along with uh the iTunes DJ or Party Shuffle or whatever 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 all they called because I know it, it changed its name a few times but I I thought that was cool and I like the way that you could switch between playlists really really easily mhm and you can't really do that uh with the uh way they've got shuffle now.
2: Hmm. I thought I always thought cover flow was pretty, but useless. Um one thing that always drove me nuts about cover flow is like if I wanted to listen to an album in cover flow mode, it will play the album and then jump right to the next album. And like, I didn't want to hear that album, I just wanted to hear the first one.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well I, I would only use Coverflow
0: in uh shuffle mode or the, the D iTunes DJ or whatever.
2: Okay. And
0: because then it was like kind of a nice like kind of like a jukebox kind of thing where you'd have like you know the album come up and then flip away and then you'd have a completely different album come up and flip away and whatnot yeah.
2: well the other thing too is I don't usually keep the iTunes window visible mm. I, I have it all shoved off onto uh, an, its own screen its, own, its desktop. own desktop yeah I don't even need I use the mini player for about 30 minutes the new uh, iTunes mini player and then I said like, you know what I don't need this taking up space Bloop.
0: Yeah, for for me it's like I, I always have it under underneath stuff and so that way I can easily just like do um what is it, expose so I can kinda take a take a peek at the album art and then go back to what I was doing.
2: Well, one thing I also do is I control iTunes mostly through launch bar. Mm. So, you know, when I want to put on an album I'll just hit like command space, uh type in the album name or it'll also play I can use it to play individual songs. It doesn't support the new queue features yet, but That's okay, and I don't know how often I'm going to use those, so... Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just easy, you know, command space, type, 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 enter, oh, hey, music.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do that with Alfred. It, uh, the CoverFlow thing is weird to me that it's gone because it seems like that was such an Apple, like, feature, like, that was, CoverFlow was, like, a, a big deal, and now it's not in there anymore, and, uh, I didn't use it to, um to navigate so much, but I just used it, uh, as a way to have the album art displayed. So it it was essentially the, the list view. Um, but with the, the covers, the cover flow in the top half of, of the window. Um, and I didn't navigate by flipping through the cover albums. I just navigated by scrolling up and down the list, which would subsequently cause the, the album art to change. But it's weird to me that that is gone because it's still like when you turn the iPhone or the iPod touch sideways it's like bam it goes into cover flow uh automatically so it's strange that that is that is gone
0: and it's always in the ads too i mean like the 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 tv ads for whatever uh apple product you know it's always cover view
1: yeah so
0: that's a good point
1: point. Mm. and uh i like that the sidebar is gone or optional now
0: <laughs> i brought it back i brought it back immediately i was like I like my sidebar.
1: Don't be taking stuff from me. You've well, taken enough uh, already. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what is in the sidebar that is not in the, the top bar, the songs, albums, artists, genres, videos, playlists?
2: Well, um, I don't the think so, there's – Oh. Okay. Basically, the sidebar is more just like a way to jump between, like, movies, music, podcasts, things, store, the store – Right. Instead now you got the drop down mostly for all that, and I also keep the the sidebar hidden. I I try. I looked at him like eh. So I mean, there's I can get to whatever I need through that top bar, with you know the devices. Oh, one thing I do love is that it now, Wi-Fi sync is improved, so I don't have to plug in my phone and my iPad as much anymore because mm-hmm. it actually finally detects them over Wi-Fi. Cool. Yeah, that was always uh, such a pain in the keyster.
1: I never... Uh, my phone still is still not detected, but my iPad always does. Um,
2: try turning your phone off and back on.
1: Yeah, I guess. Um, I'll have to give that a try. But I usually, when I go to put new music on my phone, I usually just download it straight from iTunes Match or iCloud or whatever on my phone. Um, which is actually kind of a pain now that I think about it because you have to go to settings, show all music, and then find it, navigate to it on your phone, and then wait for it to download. So, maybe yeah, I'll that.
2: I have too big of a library to use Match anyway. <clears throat> yeah. so, I know one
0: one bug that I had that I ended up fixing is, like, for uh, when I've, for the first day of it, it would not, like, because I, I use a lot of uh, smart playlists, and it would not... Like do live update on those for anything, like I have a, like like even like you know really kind of simple stuff. Like I have a, like a a playlist of just stuff that's unrated, so that that's basically my new stuff that I I want to listen to. And I rated a bunch of stuff in there, and it just sat there. <laughs> um, I I was like looking all over on like forums about this and stuff, and people were saying, oh yes, um, just turn off uh, crossfade. It's like this bug that's linked with crossfade and I don't use crossfade. <laughs> uh I ended up like uh just like shutting down iTunes and reopening it and so far uh the the live update works again knock wood but it was kind of a a weird thing out of the box. So I'm just like sitting here cuz I mean I I use a lot of stuff with the um that's based off of last played, you know. And it would just sit there and You know, stay in the playlist once it played, and I'm like thinking myself, well, um, okay. And then I, I, there's like one or two where I'd actually go in into there and delete things, and they would stay deleted, and they it wouldn't like pick another song to do it in, so I couldn't even do it manually. (laughs) So yeah, but so far it's working the way it should. Hopefully, it'll stay that way, and I, I won't have to to cut it.
1: What do you guys think of the popover results for the search bar?
2: I like it.
0: I I, I like it. it. It was one where it, it kind of threw me at first because I was not expecting it mm-hmm. at all. I I was expecting you know the same old kind of searcher. just you know. <clears throat> um, I've discovered that it can be a little funky if like because one of the things that I was searching for because uh, I was. Uh, was um, there's a, there be a giant song called uh, The Bee of the Bird of the Moth. And for whatever reason, I was typing it backwards of bird and the bee and the moth. And it wouldn't come up until I, like, turned off the the overflow th- or the uh, overlay thing and just let me do, like, the old style search. And then it popped up and I was like, oh, well, that's why it did come up. But it was still kind of weird because usually, like, before it was sort of like a Boolean or kind of search, you know, Yeah. Over, you would type in an E and everything that had an E in it would show up, you know?
1: Right. Like if I, I don't know. If you're looking
0: the, for E solo albums from eels, it doesn't help. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know if maybe this is because I'm in albums or something like that, but like right now I'm in the albums view and while I'm here, I really like how the, the color coordinating. Yeah. The, that's uh, cool. That's really cool. Really well done. Uh, and it's really accurate too. Um, but, like, when I search for – like, if I wanted to listen to Rapunzel by the Dave Matthews Band and I search Dave Rapunzel, it has no results.
0: Yeah, because there's no guy named Dave Rapunzel or at least none that you have in
1: your in your library. Right, but it says search entire library and it says filter by all. So, like, the, the old search, that would come up all – every version of Rapunzel by Dave Matthews Band. Right. Um, and it doesn't do that now and I don't – know why maybe if you do it like this no same thing if i'm in the songs view uh,
2: i wonder so if, I, what happens if you use like operators like and bird and moth no that's um, not gonna work okay weird
1: yeah i don't know i mean i can't just search for the song i don't know so that's kind of weird and then i wish that you could because like when i search for i use alfred as my my launcher I don't, I'm sure launch bar is similar, uh, Rich. But when you search for something in Alfred, and, and you Command Space, and you search for a file name or whatever, you can dial down using the arrow keys, um, you know, down, up, and down, left and right. And uh, I kind of wish that you could do that with the search menu. So if I was search for an album, uh, I mean, I guess I could just search for the song directly. But if I search for "Before These Crowded Streets," dial down and press down. To go to before these crowded streets. My instinct, because of Alfred, is to hit right to go down to, to dial down to the individual songs from there. But I think that's just a bad habit on my part.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I see. You can do that in Launchbar as well. Um, so yeah, I've just stick with using Launchbar to do all my searching and stuff and launch mm-hmm. and throwing up albums. And hopefully, like in the, ne- in the next version of Launchbar, they'll add Q, Q-, Q support. Because I played with that, like the play next and the this and the that. And that's mm-hmm. kind of cool.
1: Yeah, um, I like the up next feature. I haven't totally like integrated into my iTunes workflow, but I like that it's there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. For me, it's kind of the same thing that was in iTunes DJ. So I just don't really, I was kind of like, oh, okay.
2: Hmm.
0: (laughs) Now it's up there instead of down there. And now, and yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm guessing that's going to be something that's coming to uh, the uh, iPhone and uh, iPad and everything in the new uh, iOS Mm. because there's no queuing feature on the uh, uh, on the i uh, devices at all unless you use a third party app, and I find using third party music listening apps to be more trouble than they're worth.
1: Mm. I like all the arrows that give you the go to Mm -hmm. artist, go to album, go to song option.
0: Mm. Yeah, like right after the song title there.
1: At mm-hmm. least in Song View,
2: yeah. yeah, and they show up on Hover in uh, Album View. Ah, and yeah. Speak, speaking of uh, Album View and the, the color scheming thing, the uh, your pick this week, Matt. Oh yes, talk about a perfect color scheme. <laughs> like, like oh wow, like yeah, click at yeah. Ooh oh yeah. yeah, that is a that is a great algorithm. Let's see.
0: Uh, I want to see it now because I, I haven't <laughs> I haven't looked at it in the, the new one. So I, I want to see. Come on. It's thinking.
1: <laughs> I had to manually add the album art for this album.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I I don't think I actually have the album art for the the album or the album on on my iTunes just because it's
1: it's hella out of print.
2: Mm. I found it on Discogs.org. Yeah, that's where I usually go or Discogs.com. So
1: I found it on a Google Image Search.
2: Yeah. Mm. Well, I have, we had this discussion already before, but I'm obsessed at having the album art that's the right size. Yeah, if it's not at least 600 pixels wide or 600 pixels tall. I'm I get pissy. <laughs>
1: yeah, I go with. Uh... 300. I'm not as picky.
2: But it looks so bad when it scales up.
1: <laughs> when does it scale up, though?
2: On your iPhone. Hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: that's funny. They, it, it's funny. I just searched the artist of my pick, and that's the only album they have, even though they've got three or four others.
1: <laughs> I think the. I've been waiting for this for the mini player to have this kind of capability for like ever, uh, and I've tried other apps uh, in trying to find an alternative, um, but I am super glad. I can't. What is the shortcut? Is it Option Command M? Yes. Um, but ju- I like the the popover search results. I think are perfect for the mini player. Um, I wish the search results for the full screen window were like they used to be, where it just dialed down the whatever you were searching for in the main window. Um, but the capabilities of the, of the mini player are uh, terrific now, because I can just keep it minimized and use the arrows and the enter. Oh, sure, plastic. I'm, I'm still like trying to, to
0: search, and it freaked out, and it's like, I gave me the the beach ball, beach ball, beach ball. Then it let me search for S, which didn't really help. (laughs) I I guess that also does um, stand as a, you know, not that it applies in this case, but a uh, cautionary warning about naming your band a uh, single letter.
2: Yeah, Yeah, there's a band called X, and for the longest time, I just couldn't find any of their stuff because whenever I would search for it, I'd get everything on my service of choice that began with the letter X or had X. the letter X in it. X band, yeah.
1: music, albums, songs.
2: Yeah. I mean, but the first album by X is really good, so mm. it, was the, it was worth the struggle, but yeah. Is that uh, Los Angeles? Yes, it is. Yeah. There's actually like an
0: Australian band called X as well,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which just makes things way more confusing than it already was. Indeed,
2: that reminds me. I saw actually saw X perform all of Los Angeles uh, a couple years back uh, when they played uh, the Punk Rock Festival I went to in Philly. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard that uh, the the guys in
0: X are all like really nice guys too, which is cool. Yeah,
2: like, I didn't a chance to find out because like as soon as they finished, uh, I had to go run out and see um, the Dead Milkmen. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like Woo, uh, X, woohoo, X. Okay, they're done. Dead milkman, fuck, run. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, uh, one of my fr- friends from work told me a story where when she was younger, like, she, uh, uh, went to like a, a record store signing where like X was, and I guess there was like nobody there except for her, and, but like, they were just like, instead of being all pissy about that, there being like, you know, no turnout, sort of, you know, a la uh, that scene in Spinal Tap. (laughs) Like, they were, like, just super, super cool to her and just really, really friendly. And, you know, it was just, like, you know, really cool. And they they made her feel really good, but they were just, like, legitimately nice people. And, like, she got to, like, hang out with, like, John Doe and stuff. And it was just, like, really pretty cool. Neat. So I I just thought that was a cool story just because, you know, sometimes you – you know, I mean, and I, I mean, as a band, I mean, it must be kind of like disheartening for when you do. Oh, okay. I just, I just put in the album art for the for my pick, and that is really, really cool. <laughs> Sorry, but um, it, it must be like really disheartening for you know to 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 do a, an album signing or a show or something and have like you know one person show up. You know, mm-hmm. but I think it was like cool that they you know instead of being like well, fuck this. We're not going to do this. You know, they, they made that one person feel really, really good. So I I like it when people are nice.
1: That's my, that's my story,
0: I guess. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that I've discovered, I was talking to Randy Murray on Twitter and it seems that, I don't know if uh, uh, Matt, do you use iTunes match? I know Rich's library is too big.
0: Um, I, I don't really know what match is, so I don't, I,
1: okay.
0: it was one that kind of, I, I mean, is that new for this version or, no. or have I just been slow
1: and never noticed it? It came out, I don't know, I think it's a year old or so now, Rich?
2: Yeah, I think it came out with iTunes 10 and basically what it is, is, uh, iTunes, it lets you like basically download whatever's in your iTunes library on any, uh, I, on any of your devices, And, you know, you can store all the stuff you bought off of iTunes on iTunes Match and up to 25,000 songs that you didn't get off of iTunes.
0: (laughs) Ah, okay.
1: Yeah, so it's Apple's uh, cloud solution for music.
2: Oh, that's Um, interesting. I can't see how many exact songs I have in my life. Oh, wait. Yes, I can.
1: Yeah, you got to view
2: the... By songs. So, yeah, I've got... Status bar. Show status bar. 2,720 years. 27,516 items in my iTunes library. And of those, um, 456 were purchased off of iTunes. Mm.
1: Mm.
2: How many thousand items? 27.
1: I'm only at 14. Um, So, yeah, basically, instead of like with Google Music where you have to literally upload all of your music to Google servers, Apple... With having uh, the iTunes store in their corner, um, says, Well, we'll just look at, we'll just scan your library, and anything we have in the iTunes store, we'll just match it uh, so that you don't have to upload it. Um, so, sort of
0: like what, um, well, well, that was like what Last FM was trying to do, and then they got like basically the SmackDown from all the labels.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Apple pulled it off because it's pretty ridiculous. Apple um, basically
2: says, We sell so much of your shit. You have no choice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so all of your music gets matched in the cloud if it's in the iTunes store. And if I, the iTunes store doesn't have it, like if it's a live show or something, um, then it gets uploaded manually. So basically, the 95% of my library is in uh, iCloud. And previously, that meant I could – and it's kind of like a good backup solution because if I deleted all of my songs in my library – um, I could, they wouldn't disappear from my iTunes, but, um, if you have the column, uh, s- displayed, uh, there'll be a little download icon and you can just redownload it from iCloud. Mm. Um, and it also, when you do that, this is a trick that, um, Macworld published back when it came out. I think we mentioned this on the show before, but if you, if you upload, uh, or if say a song, you have a song in like 128 KBPS or whatever. Um, And it's in the iTunes store, so iTunes Match matches it, and you delete the 128 version from your library, and then you redownload it from iCloud, it'll automatically be upgraded to the 256 um, KBPS, Mm. which is pretty uh, badass. But so my point was that um, it seems that if you have... I'm still experimenting with with this, because it seems like this would be a touted feature of iTunes 11, and it it seems just to be like a, an Easter egg almost, even though it, seem, it feels huge to me. Um, but so all of my music is in iTunes match slash iCloud. And so when you delete a song, let's see, I'll do it right here. So if I delete this song, this is a song that was oh. matched with, let's go like this. So this was a song that was matched. If I delete the song from my library, but I don't delete it from iCloud... And then, so now it's not on my computer anymore, but it's just, but it's still in the cloud. If I double click it, I think, assuming I have internet, it streams. Mm. So right now I'm listening to the song in iTunes without the file being on my computer. Um, And I know that definitely works with matched songs and purchased songs. I'll try it with a. Let me re-download this song. Uh, but I think it might also work with uploaded tracks too. Let's see if I get rid of this. But that's like crazy. If that actually is, if, yeah, if it is what I'm, what I think it is, I just duplicated that song for no reason. Uh,
0: and I kind of wonder too if if um, they'll they'll end up doing the thing too, where like with the uploaded songs, if they'll just kind of kind of do what Dropbox does, where if you upload a song that they already have, they'll just mirror the one.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just worked with a song that was uploaded. uh, Because I have my iCloud status um, column displayed. So now there's a little download icon, which means the file is not on my computer, um, but I can still listen to it, uh, stream it. Which seems like, in theory, any music that is actually in iCloud like I feel like I could conceivably have a new – like if I got a new computer, like a new MacBook Air or something, and I signed into my iTunes account or my Apple account or whatever, and my library showed up, I could listen to almost everything without downloading 132 gigs of music onto it. Yeah.
2: Um, that, is kinda, that is pretty cool. Now uh, – I'm I still experimenting.
1: W- I'm not sure if this is – if I'm speaking the truth or not here. but
2: yeah. I just <laughs> hope that eventually they lift that limit so I can use it. I'll even pay more if I have to. Um, okay. Wait, is, is Match not
0: free?
1: No. It's 25 20? bucks a month, a year.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not too bad.
1: <laughs> Assuming yeah. that it is a year and not a month. If it's a month, no, like that would And suck. for me, it's, uh, <laughs> it's worth it just for the, for the backup. Because like I'm, I'm fairly lackadaisical in my backup solutions. Um, I mean, all of my documents are in Dropbox. And all of my music is now in iTunes Match. So if my external hard drive dies... Uh, I feel like I could you know just re-download it from iCloud Um, which is nice because I don't have to worry about any real backup solutions because between Dropbox and uh... how do you guys back up your music or do you?
2: Um, I used to back up everything onto time caps onto my time capsule but since I moved my time capsule hasn't been hooked up so I'm slowly backing stuff up off-site using Backblaze but that's that's a process.
1: Did you do the. Is Backblaze. Oh, Crash Plan was the one that had the Black Friday deal that was like you get a free year or something.
2: More or um, less. Uh, no, I, I signed up for Backblaze way before.
1: Yeah. I tried and to I was do. was originally the crash using plan.
2: Carbonite, but Carbonite doesn't let you back up external disks.
1: Mm. I tried to do the Crash Plan thing, and it was like this is going to take 46 days. And I was like, mm, All right. Let so it. How much for that idea?
2: Let it. It's worth it. Yeah. Because nothing's backed up unless you have it backed up off site. Because you know what happens if there's a fire and you run out without your backup hard drive? Uh oh.
1: I don't have a backup hard drive. This is what I'm saying. My music, my hard copies, like my the equivalent of my CD collection, which I don't have, but the equivalent of my CD collection is on my external hard drive. And if that blows up, then all of my music is in iTunes Match, and I would be able to re-download the majority of it. Uh, uh, so I don't know. Say if I go like this. If I move the file to the trash and try to play the song, it's still and it's it um it buffers it doesn't it doesn't say buffering, but the you know the progress bar of mm-hmm. the loads first and then it starts playing so
2: neat um that is cool yeah i gotta I hopefully can get in on that in sometime next year um
1: they'll upgrade it eventually. I don't know I've been a fan of iTunes match since it came out, so <laughs> a proponent.
2: So something. I think we have some picks we should be talking about too. <laughs> <laughs> do, to, do, to, do you want to tell me about something you like? <laughs> yeah, I feel like <laughs> I haven't gone first in a while. I, I didn't catch what you said there.
1: I feel like I haven't gone first in a while.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, I think I think we keep we I think we keep hugging the
1: glory. That's all right.
2: <laughs>
1: save the best for last.
2: <laughs>
1: what the hell? I just changed the year for this album. The uh, my pick is kind of blue the Miles Davis masterpiece from 1959 and the, I bought it off of iTunes. And so it's the reissue or whatever with the alternate take of flamenco sketches. And so the year is 1997. I just changed it to 1959 and now it still says 1997 furious.
2: Yeah. I hate that. All my albums are tagged with the year of original release. Unless they're, live recordings that are not officially released in which case they get the year of the original recording which kind of made things interesting when I got the Frank Zappa Carnegie Hall uh, live album (laughs) where the the person thought they I got it from, the the download thought they'd be clever and tag it 1971 which is when it was recorded but it came out in 2011 so I'm like, no, 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 no no, it's official (laughs) release Yeah
1: So I mean there's so much to be said about this album that I can't really uh, even begin to find out where to start. And I should—I could have had copious notes, but I, I opted not to do that. Uh, so the thing, I was never, I mean, I had an appreciation for jazz, I suppose, but I didn't really get into jazz until I took the history of jazz as an undergrad, um, which is one of my favorite courses I've ever taken. But I actually discovered this album uh, shortly before taking that class. And it was right around this time of year, actually. And I remember listening to it for the first time uh, while it was snowing. And uh, it's a good – one of the things I love about Kind of Blue is that whenever I put it on, I always am not only transported back to that moment when I first listened to it, um, but it has a very distinctive feel to it. Um, And I don't know if you would describe that as like a New York City or a a smoky sort of nighttime jazzy – I don't know. It escapes uh, words. But, um, so the best way I think to, to understand this album's awesomeness is that the thing with jazz is that everything, uh, there are multiple styles of jazz within the greater jazz umbrella. And so this album in particular is stylistically, uh, exemplifies modal jazz, which was a reaction to... And all the styles of jazz are a reaction to the styles that came before. Um, So this album was a reaction to hard bop, um, which was a reaction to the cool style, which was a reaction to bebop, which was a reaction to swing, which was a reaction to New Orleans and so on and so forth. Um, And so the thing with modal jazz is that it's... um, Miles Davis was one of the pioneers of of this style, and it uses sort of very simple chord changes, like So What, the leadoff track, um, which we can play for the folks. I guess that would be good. (laughs) has two chords um and this contrasts with you know hard bop and bebop which is which are sort of notorious for their really complex chord changes and really fast energetic improvisation and and really challenging and requiring a lot of chops and one of the sort of perks of modal jazz is that because the tracks themselves are so sparse and if you read the the wikipedia article for kind of blue which is in the show notes and very interesting miles kind of up with these sketches for these different tunes. And subsequently that allowed his musicians to um, preserve their own personalities. So like if you were going to sor- solo in a hard bop tune, oh, the mucus is really flowing, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> to both. Um, if you were going to solo in a bebop or a hard bop tune, like you had to have the chops to, to cover those chord changes and like you had to have a peak level of, of performance. Uh, and it had to be, you know, really energetic. So you couldn't, and this is one of the reasons that Miles struggled a lot when he was playing with Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie because he couldn't, um, he could not perform at that high level of of energy and improvisation. Um, Miles being famous for his sort of his very, uh, there's a word, brochure or something like that, his uh, his very melodic and uh, he really takes his time, and you can really hear his breath, and it's not its not a frenetic style of soloing. Um, so by only having, say, two chords in a song, the musicians were able to solo in any style that they wanted. And you can really hear this in So What, for example, because you have the, the head of the tune, which is the bass line, um, and the horn response, which is the so what, and... Then you have the succession of solos, which – and it goes Miles, John Coltrane, Cannonball Adderley, and then Bill Evans on the piano. And you can hear particularly the difference in the three horns. And one of the things that, that jazz fans kind of pride themselves on is the ability to identify different musicians just from hearing them play. Uh, and when you hear Miles, like you know it's Miles, even if you don't know it's Miles um, – And so when you listen to Miles' solo compared to John Coltrane's solo compared to Cannonball Adderley's solo, you can hear the different personalities. So Miles' solo is very characteristic Miles, whereas Coltrane's solo is typical Coltrane, which is that sort of sheets of sound quality and lots of notes and very much more um, bebop-esque. So that's one of the one of the great things about modal jazz is that allows the the personalities of the players to really be preserved. And you get all these, these great players in one track. Um, Kind of Blue was recorded with, I forget, I think it was his, his great, his first great sextet, Uh, Bill Evans on piano, Jimmy Cobb on drums, Paul Chambers on bass, and John Coltrane and Cannonball Adderley on the two saxophones and Miles on trumpet. So, I mean, again, there's so much to say about this album that it's kind of impossible to encapsulate on a, a 90 or even two hour podcast. Um, but it's just a tremendous record. And if you're not, if you know, if you, if you hate jazz, this probably isn't going to change your opinion, but if you're open to it, I think that this would, is definitely the place to start. I think it's the, the best selling jazz album, uh, if not definitely most famous. Um, and you know, it's just truly a masterpiece. And even though it was made in 1959, um, recorded in two sessions, uh, it's, it's really timeless in my opinion. And it, uh, you know, it deserves all the the praise it gets. So there you go.
2: Yeah, um, it's interesting. I already had this album in my I collection, see. so in the exact same version. Um, and here's the thing: I, when it comes to jazz, I like jazz, but I don't know shit about jazz. Mm-hmm. And it's such it's the sort of thing that is so overwhelming to a casual listener. And I've got my own sort of personal obsessions musically, as as we all know. <laughs> and so I mean I, I just feel like I'm incapable of saying much about this because no matter I've listened to it, I've listened to other jazz records. I've got I mean, from Davis alone, I've got like the three most famous ones of him, Birth of the Cool, Kinda Blue, and Bitches Brew.
1: Those are good. Yeah.
2: Good three to go with. Yeah, I've got a few other jazz records, uh well, let me see here. Do do, do 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 genres, jazz. Yeah, I've got some Sun Ra, I've got some Thelonious Monk, Django Reinhardt, um, do do do, do. Oh. Uh, Yeah, I've got uh, Giant Steps by Coltrane, and um, I've got, of course, Take Five. Yep. And, uh, or other Timeout, uh which has Take Five on it. Uh, Dave Brubeck, uh, Bill Evans, I got, I have a couple albums of his because, uh, of Haruki Murakami. And, uh, I think Matt just smiled there. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I also picked up a Zoot Sims record because there's a song by him on a Wes Anderson soundtrack I liked, but like I have these things. I just, I like them. I don't listen to them too often because it's just not the sort of thing I go for on a daily basis, but I like it. I just don't know shit about it. <laughs>
1: that's the thing about this is how I feel about electronic music because like, I feel like it's impossible to, to sort of, uh, penetrate, you know, and my education through this show has, has, you know, gotten to the, the novice level, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the great things about jazz is its history. And it wasn't until I took the history of jazz course that I really got, uh, developed a true appre- appreciation of how the style of music, sort of developed over the years and you know sort of like um with my favorite artists and how they have their different periods and stuff the different periods of jazz are really um sort of fascinating to me so i put a book in the show notes called jazz 101 which is a um it's like a guide to learning to love jazz or something like that um and it's comprehensive and it's a, it's an enjoyable read and um, so that could help not that we, any of us have time to read books these days but
2: uh, well, I have time to read books if they're on the Kindle is there a Kindle version of this? Might be. I don't
1: know um, hang on I'll put it in the thing here so you guys can look at it mm-hmm. but yeah I totally get that and um, it does take you know as a musician I have a an appreciation and a fascination for, you know, for all the different sort of nuances and and the history and the stories behind it. Like I was just reading an article that I actually put in the show notes about how, on the and I have a book dedicated. I think it's I think it's just called The Making of Kind of Blue, um, but it's just about the making of the record. And uh, I was just reading an article before we uh, were live that, and so what, um, the band apparently misses bill evans on the piano is the last solo before they go back to the head of the tune and uh apparently the band misses his signal his cue that his solo is over and that they should return to the the head so uh, right around the eight minute mark there's uh like eight measures of of uh, uh the article that i was reading describe it as they're just treading water where it's kind of very sparse and it's just the drums and um you know so it's just there are all kinds of like stories and, and that sort of thing behind um, individual jazz songs and jazz as a genre, so that's part of what makes it so interesting to me. But anyway,
0: cool, yeah, I, I liked it too. Um, I mean, that's kind of an obvious with like a record like this, but uh, but like basically, I've had like um headaches all week and figured out what, what the cause is, yay, but um. But basically, this was like really nice for it because it is so it's pleasant too. I mean, it's it's which is like, I uh kind of a change from like I'm not a I'm not a big jazz guy either. But um, like most of my the stuff that I like goes between uh well when I used to internet the local uh, NPR station uh it was like sort of you know what was what uh people called uh that R crumb shit. And, you know, the stuff from the twenties that he collects. And but so between the R. Crumb shit and the weird shit, like, you know, the really kind of experimental stuff. Although um I can relate to um Rich with the Bill Elvin Evans records just because um I've got um some Keith Jarrett because of David Foster Wallace. <laughs> and Keith Jarrett's pretty awesome. But um but yeah, it's like uh yeah, I I, I like probably my favorite jazz guy is uh don ellis who was also could be like pleasant but like his stuff had like really crazy time signatures too and it was just like really interesting and really just phenomenal stuff and i i just really really dig it but um but yeah but this was uh really nice and it 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 kinda helped with the headache just because it was something that I could listen to because I go I go a little mad without music, honestly. And yeah, it was just really, really, really nice. And like you say, I I don't really have a whole lot to say about it, but I mean it's pretty cool. Though I did throw in the show notes a link to a uh Chip Tune cover album of, of kind of blue Cold kind of bloop. Oh nice. So so I just thought that would be, like, I, I don't really have a lot to say about that either, but I just thought it would be kind of funny.
1: Yeah, I'd like to hear that. Um, yeah, I mean, it really does, I mean, at, while at the same time, I mean, you could spend hours and hours reading about this album. On the other hand, it does sort of just escape, you know, words kind of escape you when you try to describe it as, like, when you hear those opening notes, and we haven't even talked about the the rest of the tracks, but when you hear that, uh, yeah the opening notes of so what and then the bass line kicks in and then that first um, horn response it just feels like it's so alive and sort of organic and it just breathes and you know I can't uh, can't sing its praises highly enough but uh, you were saying Matt about how when you don't uh, you get kind of messed up when you don't listen to music like I'm the same way like if I go like if I'm I don't know I uh, can't really think of a, a situation but like if I'm traveling it doesn't really make sense anymore but if I uh you know if I go for a day or two without listening to music like I am irritated like and and agitated and it's and I don't realize why until I get back to my iPod or iPhone uh iPhone or iTunes or whatever um and it feels like all the tension just releases as soon as uh, I hit play, and that's how I feel about the first those first couple of notes of of uh, so what and kind of blue. That whenever I put it on, it's just like ah. so music. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, my, my my story, and I don't know if I've told this story on on here or or not before, but um, I, I get really bad migraines, um, and they kind of really started a lot when I was in high school. But like there was a uh one time in in high school where I was just out of it for like two weeks. And the the thing is is that basically a lot of the stuff that I listen to as as you guys have kind of twigged to probably is uh quite percussion heavy, which, you know, doesn't really, you know, help with a migraine terribly. <laughs> And I just was going insane, and I basically had to have my mom take me down to the uh, Tower Records, which tells you how old the story is. <laughs> uh, and I basically ended up like getting a, a lot of just mellow stuff just so I could have something to listen to, and I ended up getting uh, American Pie, which is a record that I, I loved. But uh, I think I just didn't want to fuck with the turntable at that time because I was hurting so much and then uh the complete uh Simon and Garfunkel and then the Devo easy listening disc. So, and that that kind of got me through because I could at least listen to s- s- that kind of thing. Yeah. How often do you get migraines? Um it depends when I'm in a cycle or not. Like um when I'm in a cycle it can be at least at least like one a week. Um uh but otherwise like
1: sometimes I can go like a couple months without, you know. Uh so. Yeah, uh, I—I mean, one migraine a year is one too many. And yeah, <laughs> you really can't articulate, Rich. I don't know if you've ever had a migraine, but you can't—I that I know of you can't like you would know. Um, yeah. Really articulate, similar to kind of blue. You can't really articulate the experience, um, the the uh, excruciating misery of a migraine, and even the word migraine just makes me want to vomit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I only. <clears throat> I have one. Haven't had one in quite some time. Knock on wood, but I uh, had. I was at a. At at the worst, it was like one a month or every couple of months or so. And uh, I actually ended up going to see a neurologist about it. So I have a prescription that actually uh, that (laughs) reduces the migraine to only two hours, which is um, you know pretty good as far as migraines go. But I usually just take. And it's, it's awful because like I get the, the, uh, the auras first, Mm -hmm. I start to go. And even though your head doesn't hurt and it's just, and there's no discernible cause that I've been able to figure out. Um, and it's just like when your eyes start to go, you're like, well, the rest of my day is shot and I need to leave right now. (laughs) Um, so whenever that happens, it's just like, well, clear my calendar. And I just try to get drugged up and fall asleep as fast as possible
0: hmm that's kind of my standard operating procedure it's like because yeah I, i've i'd been to a neurologist for a really long time in, in there and the thing that sucks for me is like uh there's one drug that works for like i think it's like something like something absurd like 98 percent it's called Imatrex. yeah
1: my sister had because she gets them too mm. um, she had i used um maxalt
0: That, that's the one that, the only one that works for me is Maxalt. But, like, for Imitrex, like, I'm part of the 2% that it doesn't work for, but not, but that's the thing is, is not only does it not work for me, it makes the fuckers worse. (laughs) So, and I've tried a pill, and I've tried, they have, like, one that's, like, in a kind of an EpiPen that you, like, jam in your leg and, and do, and the EpiPen one made it much faster worse, but... But Maxalt um is what I use and that that works for me and that's like it's super expensive, unfortunately. It's like five bucks a pill with insurance. But it's it's a godsend, honestly.
1: <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't cure it, but it just makes it like so you don't completely want to die. Like you could keep going. I mean, at least it helps you fall asleep at the very least. Um,
0: exactly. Yeah, and, and
1: it's like one where it's like once you fall back asleep, you actually have a
0: shot of when you wake up again, you can maybe do things,
1: yeah, um I actually went to the the emergency room one time because i the headache was so bad that I could not articulate words like it it was like I was having a stroke like i I knew what like in my head what I was trying to say, but my mouth like would not formulate the words, um which is just a horrible experience, and sometimes like I get numbness from the tips of my fingers and it travels up my arm and it goes across my face. And it's just, Oh, awful. So I went to the the ER one time and they, they gave me an IV of, uh, of fluids and stuff, but yeah, horrible, horrible stuff. So there's another thing that Matt and I can talk about and have rich feel exclude. <laughs>
0: Do you ever listen to primus when you get migraines? <laughs> <laughs> uh.
2: <laughs> I would hope not.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I I as much as I love Primus, that would be probably the thing that would make you wanna saw off your head more. Is is, you know, <laughs> stuff like that where it's just really thumpy and and,
1: and loud and yeah. but it's a pressure point. One of my a girlfriend at the time in college, I think there's a pressure point between the th- Thumb and index thumb and forefinger. Thumb and index finger. Yeah,
0: or index. Yeah,
1: forefinger, index finger. And supposedly, if you pinch or caress or work that pressure point right there, it um, releases the tension. And it has. I've I've done that. I don't know if you can do it to yourself, but I've had actually some slight success with that. So, like in an emergency, like fucking rub the shit out of that muscle between your thumb and forefinger. <laughs>
0: Huh. Yeah, I, I've I've tried it and it, it's never really done anything for me. But uh, like, but like you said, I I've always been the one who does it rather than having someone else do it. So
1: it just be placebo. Is it supposed to be on the opposite side because a migraine is a unilateral headache, which I think means it's one side that feels like a nail is being jammed into your temple. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's supposed to be the same hand, the same side, or the opposite side. But um, at the yeah, very I, l- yeah, I don't know, but yeah, <sighs> yeah. I think
0: I think actually like one time I posted on, on Facebook about having that and Jason Trachtenberg of the Trachtenberg Family Slideshow Players told me that. And he also told me about like, I think it was like Red Light, I think.
1: Oh, Red Light is supposed to do it?
0: Yeah, like Red Light. Like if you like bathe yourself in Red Light, it's supposed to help. Hmm. Uh, I Oddly enough, I did not have Red Lights handy, so I wasn't able to try that. <laughs> I haven't been able to try that one either. Anyway, we should move on. But it was just kind of funny that, like, you know, this like uh, a a band guy that I like, and I've I've met in person a few times, but only as like fan guy in band, you know. But it, it was like kind of cool that he was like, "Oh, you should try this."
1: <laughs> Have we given you a migraine, Rich?
2: No, no, I'm I'm feeling fine. Despite. I I didn't hear what you said there. Despite my sniffles. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, hey, I've been there, the with the with the head cold and everything. Yeah, I don't get I, I don't get migraines. I get my uh, annual or twice annual sinus infection from hell. Ah, uh, mm. yeah, I've I've
0: been there too. Actually, like I've I have had several sinus surgeries. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm 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 like the the sickly friend who you know in a in a movie who you know you 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 know oh yeah, he's really cool, but he's all the time in bed and then he like dies at like 18 or something. And But we'll always remember him in our hearts. That that That's basically me.
1: I've been sick more this semester than I have been in years. And I think it's because of my exposure to all of my miscreant students, whom I love.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, another reason why I don't want to get into the, line, into the teaching line. Nothing against uh, teachers. It's just not cut out. I'm just not cut out for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
2: Anyway, um, I think we got two other records to talk about. Goodness, we we've, we've been at it for an hour. I don't know if we're gonna even get to the other topic.
1: <laughs> Next week.
2: Yes, this is like turning into Syracuse in length. Like, uh, rest in peace, hypercritical Um, do uh, you wanna? Yeah, do you want to take this one, Matt? Sure. Okay. Because we were talking uh, about it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess now we have like the
0: the reveal. The dun 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 dun. The album that we were talking about earlier was Sugar Plastic, Bang, the Earth is Round. That's right. Bang, the Earth is Round by the Sugar Plastic. Uh, I, I'm sorry you, you misguessed that one, and uh, you you have to settle for the runner-up prize of the Lifetimes Apply of Turtle Wax. <laughs> okay, I don't. I don't yeah, <laughs> I lost everybody there.
2: <laughs>
0: Do they even have Turtle Wax anymore? I don't know. I asked the guy with the car. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, It's it's not important. But anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I, I chose uh, Sugar Plastics Bang the Earth is Round, which is their hell of out of print uh, major label debut and finale. Uh, it was put out on uh, Geffen Records, and then it was one of those one of those idiotic things where an A&R guy signs a band and then he's immediately fired and then all the other A&R guys decide that the thing that the the first A&R guy liked must be absolutely awful and they drop them immediately. So there was no promotion on this record. Um, I don't even think they made a music video. I, I was kind of looking around on uh, YouTube earlier today just to see if there were any you know, music videos by Sugar Plastic. And I just found a bunch of like home shot, like concert video, you know? So, um, yeah, th- this is their second album. Uh, their first and second, uh, their first one is Radio jejun And the, those two are phenomenal. And they've done a, uh, they did a bunch of like singles earlier that were also really, really phenomenal. And then, and then after that, like, uh, Kiara Geller, their bassist left the band and even though I don't think that he wrote anything, the, the albums after that just got really kind of, oh, like that's resonant will. And I just, I don't know, I just kind of lost interest in there. But um, it is kind of funny because the the um, I was trying to remember the, the name of the drummer and I looked it up and it's David Cunningham, which is interesting because the only thing I remembered about um, the drummer's name was that it was Dave and that it shared the name of someone else really – famous in music. And David Cunningham, the non sure Plastic drummer, is the composer behind Flying Lizards. So, there you go. Another band who are really, really awesome. Um, anyway, though, uh, the, the song I chose from this one is Transworld Modal Operator. And why don't we hear a little bit of that now? Oh, Sam
1: Lloyd, stay another day Cause X is for Great King Luke and always stay that way
0: Um. Yeah. Sure. Plastic. Um. I. I think the the very first time I I heard them was on a CMJ music co- new music compilation at the college radio station that I was at. Um. Where they put on. Um. I think it was Don't Sleep, and I loved it, and Dale hated it. <laughs> but I so like I think we had a kind of an argument about putting it in ro- into rotation, but I think I did because I, I I did anyway. I think just because I'm kind of a jerk. Um, and then later, um, they did a track on the Powerpuff Girls Heroes and Villains, uh, album, which had a lot of really cool stuff on there, including Frank Black, Devo, Apples in Stereo, uh, Kometa, just a lot of really cool stuff that was like actually handpicked by Craig McCracken himself, the, uh, creator of, uh, Powerpuff Girls, um, and basically between... Remembering that "Don't Sleep" was awesome, and um, the awesomeness of "Don't Look Down" on that record, uh, I ended up like tracking down uh, Radio jejun and getting a really cheap used copy of "Bang the Earth Is Round" because, like I said, it's it's I think it was one where it was like in print for maybe five minutes before they fired the A guy and screwed the bland, screwed the band over. But um, yeah, it's just a really phenomenal record, really great. I mean, I've got a definite soft spot for power pop. And this is very, very XTC damaged power pop. Like on Radio Station, there's even a song that's like, takes its title from an XTC lyric. Um, and yeah, just like the kind of Carolian lyrics and the Partridge-inian melodies and whatnot. This, like the the first two Sugar Plastic albums are are, are just like phenomenal to me. So um I I don't know if that carried over to you guys, but what'd you think? I'm going to
2: let Andrew take the first one on this, if that's cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Another fetus. (laughs) No,
1: no, no, no. I just don't, um, uh, I like it for all the reasons that you just described, but, um, you know, nothing really strikes me as, as earth shattering after, you know, uh, my first lesson. Um, I like it now that I have the album art. I like it more now that I have the album art. Uh, And and the the iTunes thingy
0: that it does, which is pretty cool.
1: Oh, yes. That is pretty awesome. Um, (laughs) Just put a shout out of that in the show notes. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, I like – I don't have – like you guys, you know, are with Kind of Blue. I don't really have much to to say about this one. I found it pleasant enough uh, to listen to. Um, Didn't uh, smack head uh, right away. But, you know, it certainly didn't offend me in any way. So (laughs) –
2: rich yeah um I thought it was it was good uh I thought this was their first album not their second album so that sort of takes away from a point I was planning to make uh but you know only slightly in that it, this may be still them they're trying very hard to find their footing musically they're great musicians they obviously got some songwriting chops but like what really set me off for some of the the lyrics were seemed like they were trying really hard to be fun and clever mm and you know it just it, it got a little grating after a certain point. I mean, it was. They're sort of like, you know, very. They might be giants. You know, they might be giants make weird, quirky uh, lyrics and wordplay seem effortless. hmm. And Sugar Plastics, bless them, they sounded like they were trying very hard.
0: Sort of uh, bare naked ladies syndrome?
2: <laughs> yes, but not as atrocious. <laughs> I, uh- <laughs> I mean, th- I'd rather listen to Sugar Plastics than bare naked ladies by any stretch. I'm not going to get rid of... I'm not deleting this album. It's just like, they're really... I mean, it, again, it might just be that there's so... This was a, a, a such an early work by the band, but it's like... When I... I like bands with interesting and inventive and fun lyrics, but I like it when it it doesn't feel forced. And these guys kind of feel a little forced. I, I, I gravitate more towards like... Again, they might be Giants, Sparks. Uh, yeah, nobody can write lyrics like Ron Mail can write lyrics. That's true. So... um. <laughs> Yeah, that that's kind of it. It just like, yeah, I I I know I will be putting this record on again. I just don't know when.
0: Okay, it's it's kind of funny that you do mention okay. the lyrics because I actually quite like a lot of the lyrics on uh, uh this album. I, I like in um uh sheep. I think it is the uh, uh drag her by or grab her by the wings and drag her to the altar. Mm-hmm. I I just think that's like a really clever. Yeah,
2: sometimes I, I'll give you that. Sometimes they're really on. But so uh, of so much of it seems just a little trying, very very hard, and stepping a little out past what they can ha- what they can handle. Mm. Which you know you know props for, for effort. I don't fault them for that. It's just like it feels like they could maybe have dialed it back a little bit and had a much more consistent and pleasurable listening experience on my part.
1: Fair enough. I don't. Uh, the lyrics for I don't know how many times you you listen to the album, Rich, but the lyrics for me are. Like the the third thing, that's what I listen to on like the third listen. Like on the first listen for a new album or song even, like to uh, the music and the groove and whether or not that captures me. And it's not until I go back and revisit the album a second or a third time that I'll listen to the lyrics or even read the lyrics, read along uh, with the lyrics. So
2: Lyrics are one of the first things I pick up on, and that's just how my brain works. I'm very word-oriented I'm. I'm a compu- I'm also a compulsive reader. I'm like, I will, I'll find myself reading a stop sign if that's all there is around me to read. Uh, I do that too. It's. It's kind of
0: funny. Like, in in dreams, can you read? No. I can.
1: It's weird.
2: <laughs> at least as far as I know, I can't.
1: You look at a word without reading it.
2: No, I can't.
1: Blow your mind. Um. <laughs> but so yeah. Um. Maybe that's one of the reasons why this album was a had a kind of fell on neutral ears for me. The, the music was like, all right, pretty good. Um, I didn't pay much attention to the lyrics on my first
2: go. It, yeah, so yeah, not a fetus. Just like, hey, it's it's good. It's not great. There's there's better stuff out there. <laughs> um, I, think I
1: think that yeah. I feel like we just talked about instrumental music, but I and I forget your guys's uh, stances on. But as a musician, like I listen to the music first, and particularly the bass and the groove, um, and less less the uh, the lyrics. And I th- I know I know I've mentioned on here previously how I don't understand. Well, I mean I can understand, but I disagree with people who feel that music has to have words and lyrics.
2: Oh, I I'm totally in favor of instrumental music. It just. But when I listen to music with lyrics, it's lyrics that are the first thing my brain usually grabs on Yeah. Um, and as for the actual music part of it, it depends. Uh, you know, some songs it's the bass that grabs me. Some songs it's the melody that grabs me. Some songs it's the sound, the particular sounds they use that grab me. Hmm. I don't. I don't have any particular method. I just like whatever my brain picks up on first. That tends to color my impressions of the uh, of what I'm listening to.
0: Mm. And as you know, music is organized by sound.
2: Picato five.
0: <laughs> 5. 5 5.
2: Yeah, if one of those is going to have to pick a, P- a P5 album one of these days. And, yeah, Andrew, do you know P5? I do not. Uh, they're they're amazing. Yeah, Japanese uh pop uh, band. Uh,
0: Shibuya-kei, isn't that isn't that the specific genre, subgenre or whatever?
2: Yeah, they basically invented it. Uh, yeah. I don't know my my hardcore deets on the the Japanese pop scene, so Jap- Japanese pop is a description is description enough, I find, for most people. Yeah, but they're good. Yeah. Yes, I actually picked up. I was able to find their uh, the re release of their first album. Have mm. you ever heard the the first record? the The one before uh, No Maiyamaki. Yeah, it's the one with the uh, the Audrey Hepburn complex on it. That that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which is an amazing song. mm Hmm. It, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw that in the Dropbox for you, I guess. Okay. Yeah, because the only yeah, problem uh, yeah. I have with it is that it's mastered with the bass super loud, so I have to run a, the bass reducer EQ on it. Mm. Oh. What? <laughs> no, no, no. I, when I say the bass is really loud, I mean, it's like, it's it can be painful to listen to. Not that there's just too much bass playing on it, that there's too much bass frequency on it. For
0: sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of us should pick
0: uh, a P5 record.
2: Oh, well, we still got to do the foreign favorite show. Yes, yes. Maybe next week. Yeah, well, yeah. Why don't we do that next week? If we don't, well, the week after we do the Eretromania uh, thing. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that if you guys do. <laughs> but first, I want to talk about Crystal Castles. Okay,
0: maybe maybe we can because I don't know if I have a lot to say about the article, so maybe we can All squeeze right.
2: that in today. I don't know. All right. Well, first, I want to talk about Crystal Castles. Yes. Uh, my pick this week is the new album, the third album, by Crystal Castles. The I don't know. I keep forgetting if they're New York based or not, but they're an electronic group. I'm pretty group. sure. Yeah. Uh, this is their third album. Their third. It's titled sort of. the, the first album is titled Crystal Castles. The second album is titled Crystal Castles, and the third album is officially titled Crystal Castles, but everyone just calls it Three. <laughs> um, it's sort of
0: like Peter Gabriel, except that there's nothing to really grab onto on the covers.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. P- the Peter Peter Gabriel made it work. You got your car, you got your scratch, and you got your melt. I think I might got any the order there wrong, but and then he got security, which was you know the record label saying, "Stop it! You can't keep releasing self titled albums." <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've had sort of a an odd relationship with Crystal Castles. Um, I remember checking out, being wary of checking them out because they're you, you ever have one of those bands for like. So many people are saying, wow, these guys are good. These guys are great. And it's just like, oh, that's a lot of. That's too much high praise. I don't know if I want to bother. I'm, I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to be hurt. It's just going to hurt. And so um, that's how I felt about Crystal Castles. And so I checked out the first record. And it's like, their first record was um, uh, a collection of early singles and original tracks. And so it had this very uneven quality to it. When it was really good, it was really fucking good. Like, uh, there's a track on there called Crime Wave, which is amazing. And, uh, oh, what's the first uh, song on it? Uh, untrust Us is amazing. and But sometimes it's just, like, there's a song called Alice Practice, which is the first thing they've recorded, and that's terrible. <laughs> and I, people, a lot of people love their second album, and I have trouble getting into it. I'm slowly warming up to it. So the third album... I didn't know what to expect, and I was very pleased because it really smooths them out. It's the most consistent record they've done. It doesn't quite match, I think, the highs of the first record, but it's much more consistent. I think a much better experience overall. It gives me hope for the rest of their career. And the song that really grabbed me was a piece called "Sad Eyes." And so let's hear a bit, a little bit of that, a little bit of that now. So, obviously, we're back in my wheelhouse with electronic music, so... <laughs> um, and also, too, this is also has a slightly different sonic palette than the first records, because the first two had were very influenced by uh, video game music, as the name of the band sort of implies. You know, there's a classic Nintendo game called Crystal Castles, or... Actually, mm-hmm. I think it was originally an arcade game, but whatever. So, but this one's a little more... Or, uh actual synthy instead of chip. And yeah, they didn't use any computers putting this record together, apparently, so. Hmm. And uh, I just think it's a much more coherent and pleasurable experience to listen to. But, of course, you know, what, what I think and you two think don't, doesn't always mesh. <laughs> Especially uh, when it comes I, to electronic music and uh, Andrew's opinions. <laughs> yeah. For me, I was able to actually, like, s- slot this
0: one in during one of the few times that I didn't have a headache th- this week. Because I've got all the Crystal Castles albums except for except I didn't have this one yet, but now I do. (laughs) But um I knew what I was gonna get into. (laughs) So I knew that I I like unlike with like Miles Davis, I knew I could not listen to this with a headache. So I luckily I had like about five minutes where I I could. So I I I did put this one on and I I enjoyed it because I like Crystal Castles. Although I gotta say, like sad eyes It's totally uh, "Let's Go Surfing" by Sparks. It's the same riff.
2: (laughs) You're you're right.
0: (laughs) I'm like as I'm listening to it, I'm going "Let's Go (laughs) Surfing." So,
2: I hope I hope hope the males don't sue um, Crystal Castles for this.
0: But yeah, but uh, I, I, I like Spark, so I liked that song. But I, I, I did enjoy this album. I mean, it's, like you say, it was a little bit uh, less chip y than I was expecting. Because, I mean, that's that was kind of their thing for the first couple records. Um, but it was still uh, really good. And I don't know where I would slot it yet on on their albums. I, I think it may be my favorite so far. But it's, it's kind of t- a tough call, if that makes
2: sense. Yeah, so see. it's it's definitely my favorite, but that's because I think I, I'd rather have the more consistent experience than the ups and downs of the first record. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I just have trouble getting into the second record. I don't know why that is.
0: Yeah, but I, I like the second record pretty well. But but yeah, I don't know. This one just seemed a, a good mix. Yeah, it's I don't know. But but yeah, I, I I dug it, and then I was all like, "Let's go surfing on sad eyes." So there you go.
1: <laughs> on the one hand, me, this was another electronic record, <laughs> and it was one of the electronic records that I enjoyed. Um, I don't know, why. it uh, it kind of had a it evoked a sort of Grimes. Sort of feel, uh, and I really like that record back from
2: F- number one it's one yeah, yeah episode, number one <clears throat> season one episode one wrapped in mylar s, s- one e one what was that
1: was that rich yeah, no it was because I didn't like it
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's interesting that you mentioned grimes too because oh Gesundheit. it's interesting oh. you mentioned grimes because uh. Crystal Castles, Grimes, and a friend of mine, uh, Sherry Ferry, who goes by the, uh, performs under the name Void Vision, were all on this, uh, compilation put out, uh, back in, oh, where was it, uh, 2010, uh, called Rough Trade Synthwave 10. And, you know, it's just interesting that all these bands were just sort of laying on, or on, this, on the same records, uh, so long ago. Yeah, I always
1: associate uh, the Fatima Mansions with episode one, uh, but I forget because that—that's because during episode one we were doing two picks per person. Uh, back and when we re- put the
2: kib- <laughs> yeah, we put the kibosh on that
0: pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, that was like one of those like, yeah, we kind of realized that was kind of a
1: bad idea. <laughs> six albums in a week is kind of a lot to take in. Um. What are we talking about now, Crystal Castles? So uh, I love video game music, and I don't know how this compares to the first two albums because this is the first Crystal Castles music that I've heard. Um, but I, uh, you know, this is, uh, electronic music is sort of my, electronic music is to Andrew as jazz is to Rich. So uh, I don't really have much to say about it. I like this one. I th- I'd i like the the tone. It felt a little bit darker than, than maybe some of the, more 80s-esque, upbeat sort of electronic stuff, um, but even in trying to compare it to other electronic albums that we've listened to, um, I struggle to to articulate myself properly. So, as far as electronic albums go, and all the ones that we've listened to on this show, uh, I like this one. So, that's all I got.
2: Yeah. If you're curious, go check out a song that there's called Crime Wave, all one word. I think that's, and that, that that's a little more video gaming. Hmm. So, so, that'll be up your alley. <sighs> Um. Okay. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't know what to what you'd think of this one because it is you know a little darker and a little more abrasive at times. So,
1: yeah, I like the the darkness, and uh, I was I think I was ex- expecting it to be more abrasive than it was based on the album art, uh, but it wasn't.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not fetus. <laughs> yeah
0: porter well, he, he's he's always he's he's our go-to for the stuff that everybody hates even though he's really good.
2: <laughs> I respect him. I just some his music just has yet to grab me. <laughs> um so we I want to talk a little bit about this uh this article. Um, let me just bring it up on here on my other other screen here. Um an interview with the author of a book called oh, what's the book called? Retro- Retromania. Mania. Yeah. Retromania Sunday! (laughs) Retromania 11! (laughs) Sunday, 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 Sunday? And it's not all about music, the interview, but there's a a, a big part of it that is like right at the front, so. And, yeah, he makes some interesting points about how uh, a lot of stuff that's how music seems to be, like, Popular music currently seems to be very big on like just re- repeating older stuff again, like the, re- the resurgence of uh, the like Mumford and Sons bluegrass and resurgence of like 80s style electronic pop music and so on and so forth. And I just thought there might have just been something. There might be something there to to discuss. So,
1: now, speak guys and how everything, all the jazz styles are a reaction to before. I mean, I think you have to sort of take that concept into account when it comes to music because, you know, uh, in that uh, John Mayer Berkeley interview that I linked to back when we did the John Mayer record, uh, he talks about how, you know, what everybody is listening to in the... 80s is going to be a reaction to what everybody was into in the 70s and what everybody is into in the 90s is going to be uh is a reaction to what people were listening to in the 80s so he was he was giving these um these berkeley students advice that what you need to do is figure out what people are going to be into next and um and go there skate to where the puck is going to be as it were um so I think you kind of have to take that into account. And, and the other thing is that there are only 12 notes and uh, an infinite number of songs and genres and subgenres and artists that are all using the same 12 notes, uh, which is kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. Um, but there are so many other factors. This is something that Victor Wooten talks a lot about in uh, at his music camps. That it's other elements of music besides the notes. It's the rhythm and the the tone and the articulation and and you know all the different styles and stuff that really make different songs sound like different songs and not uh, all the same song. So I don't know if our retro obsession is ruining everything because influences are you know you are like growing up as a musician. I mean, you I can speak for myself certainly that. I learned how to play bass by learning how to play Matthews Band songs and then learning how to play Prima songs and so on and so forth. And, and through all of that, I have sort of developed my own style and voice uh, on the instrument. And you can certainly hear influences in there, but I like to think that after 10 years or so, I have um, managed to come into my own, uh, not even uh, consciously, but sort of just uh, unconsciously. And actually one thing before I, I stop rambling um, – Jocko Pastorius's birthday was yesterday. I think he would have been... I forget. I want to say 71, but don't quote me. I apologize if I offend any bass players out there. But um, Michael Manring is another fretless bass player who... And I've seen a video interview with him where he talks about how when he was growing up, he just tried to learn every Jocko song there was. And, uh, you know, on the one hand, you you don't... You know, some might say... There already was a Jocko. You don't want to be the next Jocko. We already have a Jocko. Um, and he talks about how he could never, there were some songs or whatever, some Jocko songs that he could not play exactly like Jocko. And then he realized over the years that those little imperf- quote unquote imperfections or mistakes were really his uh, voice coming through the instrument. So I don't know. That's a long way of saying I don't think that. Uh, our retro obsession is ruining everything.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to agree. And, and honestly, it does seem
0: that um, this article, uh, speaking of retro obsession, does kind of come out every, I don't know, five, ten years anyway. I mean, it's, it's, it's a kind of common... Uh, argument, and I I don't really buy it. I I didn't really buy it then. I don't buy it now. Um, I, I I think that there is interesting things in that. I mean, you do have things like um like the mentioned in the article, like a uh, Amy Winehouse, um you know, backed by the Daptones, uh, which did sound like you know you know sixty soul. Um, but it's I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. And I don't think that that necessarily means that had she lived, she wouldn't have evolved into a different thing or that it doesn't really take away from the actual 60s soul or anything. I, I don't know. I just, I just don't quite get, I guess, I guess I just don't get his point. I, I like uh, the, the thing with like, like when he mentioned Seinfeld, even and that, it's never been off the air. Um, well, look at M.A.S.H. I mean, M.A.S.H. has never been off the air since 1972, you know, or and even before that, you know, I mean, like uh, you always had, you know, Leave it to Beaver was always on the TV. Uh,
2: I was thinking more I Love Lucy, but yeah.
0: Or I Love Lucy. Yeah, you, you go back. And, I mean, this isn't a new phenomenon. It, it's and and somehow somehow we keep plugging on making new things. And some of those new things are like. Old things and some of those new things are really new, and I and I I and I just as like just as uh, I think that the idea of oh this is old music why would I want to listen to it is is idiotic, just as I think you know oh this sounds too different this sounds too new I don't like it is also idiotic and it just seems like I. I don't know. I mean, I, I, made, I made a joke when we were kind of talking about Primus about how it's like sort of like, you know, oh, I want to listen to Duckstab era residents, but I want something new. And I mean, you know, because I, a lot of times the Primus does kind of fill that kind of niche, you know. Uh, but it's sort of like, it just, I, I, I think there's something to it. And I mean, I, I was like kind of looking because uh, I couldn't remember if they actually called them out on here or not. But um. The Apples and Stereo are a band that I love, and they're very much influenced by Brian Wilson. I mean, I th- they they wear that Brian Wilson influence on their sleeve. Like Heroes and Villains was the very first song that they learned as a band. Um but then you also have things like the the lead guy of Apples and Stereo, Robert Schneider, inventing um a new scale, <laughs> you know. And it's just sort of, you know, I I I I think that it's I, I think looking backward is you know purely as relevant as looking forward I think it's it's all the kind of same thing and it's yeah i i I just find you know this kind of thing a little a little silly i I just you know it it, it all it all makes the the same kind of thing and I mean I, I honestly like i I would have found more interest in this kind of throwaway bit here about um the uh, different way of pop music uh reflecting different types of hedonism where you have you know the 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 recent thing of uh let's see like till the world Ends by Britney spears and uh last friday night by Katy Perry where it's this basically the the hedonism is results in not existing anymore. And like there's even a country song uh Steve Azar, I believe, wrote or uh, sings it called uh I don't have to be me till Monday, which just strikes me as an immensely sad sentiment. Even though the song is all upbeat and like, "Woo, I'm gonna get fucked up and party,"
2: but I mean, just I think we like open.
0: <laughs> 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 but I mean, but I mean, the idea of you know, I don't have to be me till Monday just seems. I mean, don't you think that's like an immensely sad thing to say?
2: A little. Um, yeah, there might be something to that, but I think that's also too like. Uh, a subject matter thing is, is, I do think a little more transient. Um, one thing that's, I'm sort of thinking about too is just also that now we have sort of ease of access to the immense backlog of music and that it's a lot easier for us as younger music consumers to go back and start listening to the older stuff and the more obscure stuff than we did as a kid. Like, you know, you, if you put on the oldie station, if I put on the oldie station in, uh, you know, in the 90s, I wouldn't be hearing Sparks. I'd be you know, like you know seventies era Sparks. I'd be hearing um, I'd be hearing, say, uh, you know, "Afternoon Delight" by the Starland Vocal Band. Mm-hmm. And I can tell, and I think you can know which one I'd prefer. Mm-hmm. Sky rockets God, that song's terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's catchy though. I know that's half the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's the worst. You get these songs that are so absolutely terrible, and they somehow manage to worm their way into your head. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, at least,
0: at, like the Black Eyed Peas, where their method is just say the same goddamn thing over and over fifty thousand times and call it a song.
2: Well, that can be that can work sometimes. Uh, you know, around the world, around the world, around the world around yeah. the, around But there's the actually world, content around, around the, the world, music. The world. I mean, yeah. Black Eyed
1: Peas
0: is just let's get retarded, let's get retarded, let's get retarded, and repeat that for three minutes and you call it a fucking song. I Um, fucking the black eyed peas I would not break if I saw them crossing the street (laughs) actually I would just because then you'd get like the whole thing of like oh my god will I am die too soon and they'd become deified and it's just like oh Jesus Christ
2: yeah (laughs) sorry (laughs) Okay. so yeah now that we have access to all this older stuff I can see I can understand that it's, 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 it's a little bit of a playground that we have all these disparate things to pull from. I think that this is a temporary thing, and eventually someone's going to find, like, a popular – that popular music is going to find something else to do, as it were. Mm-hmm. You know, once, once we've, like, sort of – once we're used to having, basically, the world's musical history at our fingertips. Because, let's face it, the novelty still hasn't worn off uh, being able to, like, find any record we've ever wanted to hear.
0: Yeah, and it's, yeah, I just, I don't know, I just was, like, kind of reading it, and I was kind of reading the article, and, and a lot of the stuff I was kind of making the uh, jerk-off hand motion. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, I didn't buy the book, but at least I got the tr- the sample for my Kindle, that I, and I haven't read it yet, but I'll see how the book is and return, and if it makes me want to read more, and I'll get back to you on that. Okay.
0: Because, yeah, honestly, like, the a lot of it just seemed kind of, I don't know. Kind of silly, like I like I said, I uh, I went off on a rant there, so I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, I got opinions.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was quicker than I thought it would be. Unless anyone has anything to follow up with, you know, like you know, Andrew, do you know, like add anything on that or? I'll take those and no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know, like I mean, today I'm mumbling because of the mucus. Mm.
2: Yeah. Mm, yeah you, have you listened to Have you listened to the latest uh, talk show with Merlin and uh, John Gruber? Saving my
1: commute tomorrow morning.
2: Gruber uh, has a cold as well, and so they talk. A little, I don't consider, I hope this isn't a spoiler, but they do talk a little bit about the sorry state of cold medication in this country.
1: So, like the first uh, five minutes yesterday, and I'm like, "Oh my god, me too!" Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm only sick from the neck up.
2: <clears throat> yeah. I got. I, I haven't finished it. Um, I got. I fin. I. They also talk a bit about whiskey, which makes me happy. So. And uh, yeah, it's it's two of my favorite podcasters talking. I can't, yeah. Yep.
1: It's always a tour de force. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, if we can get Merlin, John Gruber, John Roderick, Marco Arment, and John Syracuse on all on one podcast, <laughs> the world never- would explode. Maybe throw John Hodgman in there as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to much Hodgman.
2: I make it a point to at least listen to Judge John Hodgman. It's a it's a fun show.
1: Trying to cut back on my podcasts.
2: For- yeah. I'm it's the one thing I am looking forward to about build and analyze and hypercritical ending is that Yeah, you know, that that's gonna free up four hours of po- of listening a de- uh, a week.
1: Mm-hmm. I uh, we shouldn't take up too much of to the show with this because we're already running along. But um I yeah. uh hypercritical I am significantly less sad about build and analyze. Uh, I love Insta Paper. Um, the magazine is very well done, but I don't. Uh, Marco the man can grate on my nerves from time to time.
2: Hmm. <clears throat> we well, gotta admit though, the kind of critical episodes with him and Merlin were good.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, question.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. We gotta wrap this up. <laughs> it's almost two o'clock here. Um, mm-hmm. So where can we find each other online, Andrew? AndrewMarvin.net,
1: at AndrewMarvin on Twitter, and all other internet services.
2: Matt.
0: KittySneezes.com, KittySneezes on Twitter, on Tumblr, and most other things except for Last.fm where I'm R-E-V-M-E.
2: And I am SansPoint.com, SansPoint on Twitter, SansPoint uh, on the Last.fm, SansPoint on the app.net, and I have a, another blog at WantABreathMint.com, a Tumblr site. And, um... And we're, of course, crushonradio.com, crushonradio on Twitter, crushonradio on iTunes. If you're listening to this, uh, please go and rate us and review us if you made it this far, because mm-hmm. that's how we can get new listeners. And so, like, we'd like to have more listeners because we're, we're shallow and like to be, uh, like to know people are, are paying attention to us. We like so to pretend
0: t- to be loved.
2: Yes. Our, our lives are shallow and meaningless. So please <laughs> give us some meaning. Review us on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. Submit. Submit. Obey. We love you. All right, guys. (laughs) This was fun. Feel better, Andrew. Thank you very much. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye.